Hello, hello. This is Megan Powers at Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing. Welcome to our first Making a Marketer podcast. To, to have our first show, um, we're going to talk a little uh, reputation management um, and, and, you know, code for customer service, right, online. Um, social media has obviously become a big avenue for that. So um, we have a few experts um, on the show as guests today. I'll, I'll introduce them in a moment. Um, we just kind of want to, as our first show, talk about uh, the plan for, for this show. We're going to talk all things marketing, starting with social media, obviously, um, and then anything in between, between that and events. Um, a couple of uh, our, uh, the hosts on the show have a, have a big events background, um, and all of us have worked in social media um, in terms of um, the hosts that we have, Jen, Elizabeth, and myself. And then our guests are going to be a variety from a variety of fields. Today we have three local San Diegans. It's a San Diego Love Fest today. Um, and I'll explain each of them, or I'll introduce each of them. And uh, so what I want to first uh, explain how I know the, my co-host. So uh, Elizabeth Glau was a customer of mine when I used to sell AV production. And um, she was a planner for an association in town. And we became fast friends because I bought her a beer. In in San Diego, yeah, and sometimes that's all it takes, uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, totally. that was the case with, with Elizabeth on that day, and we became good friends, um, and then I, it's funny, because I kind of introduced her to Twitter, like, yeah. I don't know, eight years ago, or seven years ago, or something, um, and, uh, and, and she's been a guest in my home, and we, we're, we're good friends, so. <laughs> I've, I've given her, I've let her have my bed um, as a guest in my home. So that's how good friends we are. Um, and then Jen Cole, I am not knowing each other very long, but I feel like I know her uh, a lot, a lot better than I, than I should for the short period of time. But she was my boss when I was a, a volunteer community manager for social media marketing world. She uh, does a variety of things and she's making a killing in the live uh, broadcasting space and social um, she's rocking it. So, uh, and she and I uh, communicated online for a while, and then we met for lunch, shared a beer. There's a theme here. <laughs> it is IPA day. Happy IPA day. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and uh, and it and it felt like we had known each other for a long time. And by the end of the conference, we were you know was planning on going to Wichita to visit her. Um, <laughs> and all that good stuff. So um, I am super excited to be doing this show with the two of them. And um, so I did kind of want to, for this first show especially, I kind of want to, um, the two of them to give their background in marketing, you know, what your, kind of what your story is, um, and then we'll, we'll get to the guests. So uh, Jen, why don't we start with you since you are, um, look like you're ready to go. What's your kind of, your a million things. So tell us all about your, your story and kind of what you're up to and in, in marketing these days. Yeah. Okay. Well, this whole thing originally started with me um, getting licensed to teach Zumba. 
So I was a licensed Zumba instructor and I needed to um, promote my classes and my ability to teach and try to pick up some classes at some studios and gain a following. So I started marketing myself on Facebook, fell in love, got addicted and uh, worked for some agencies and an internship and then long story short, got hired by Phil at Social Media Examiner to help with community management for Social Media Marketing World 2016 which was awesome, by the way. And um, then that gave me the bravery and courage and motivation to break off and start my own thing, uh, Backspace Media. And so that is the, the short version of the long story. It's been fun. Awesome. And you're, but you have a, like a full-time gig now too, right? <laughs> yeah, actually I, I did. I had a client hire me on full-time just recently. I've been there a month now. So that would be the American Diabetes Association um, in Wichita, Kansas. We're going to streamline their uh, regional social media strategy. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Yep. And Elizabeth, you're, uh, you're doing something a little bit different now, but tell us about your, your sort of journey in marketing and social. So like I said, now I'm, I'm serving the International Society for Technology and Education. I've been here about three and a half years, approximately five years before I started this full-time gig. Um, I had launched a company called Building Blocks Social Media. Um, at the time when social media was new, I was just trying to help the conference industry make sense of social media, mobile apps, and what was at the time all these new ideas about making events more engaging. Um, so now what I kind of focus on is um, guiding experiences that create strong connections, um, tuning into all five senses for participants, um, you know, integrating participants' whole selves in, into the events, and um, just trying to help organizations build a voice for their content that actually connects to their audience. Fabulous. And I mean, it's such a cool uh, attendee engagement manager. Like, I, I haven't heard many titles cooler than that. I think it's, it's pretty awesome that your organization uh, has that role. Uh, it's really, truly, I think, awesome, you know, coming from the events space. Yeah. Very cool. Sure. And, and my background, just real quick, I guess I should say mine as well. I started out as a technical writer, learned quickly that marketing was where I belonged and I became a honorary member of most marketing departments that I worked in the first three companies I worked in and took the third position because I knew I'd be able to make my way over into that space. And so I did that and back in 98, built my first website, which was the, the corporate website for Bluebird Systems. It was a software company based in Carlsbad and was doing their trade show participation and all that good stuff. So I was also planning and, and then from there I went to real age, which is funny because that's where car used to work too, but we didn't work there at the same time, but we learned later after we became friends, which is pretty fun. So, and I'll get into that in a second, but um, yeah. And I've worked in AV production and events and I've been a planner and I've been a tech advisor for a conference and uh, worked for a nonprofit as development and communications person, got my master's in communication and almost four years ago branched out on my own mostly doing it by myself, but Elizabeth has also worked for me as a contractor and I have a couple other people who work for me. So I guess I would be considered a boutique agency. And four years already? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. September will be four years. So it's insanity. Uh, but I'm just loving being able to work on a variety of things and still being able to work in the event space and 
this whole podcast world is is new and uh, it's been super fun. So I'm really excited to be launching this show with this episode. And so now I want to introduce our awesome guests. So we'll start out with 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 two and Jen. Uh, Jen Herman, uh, her business is called Jen's Trends. She's the forefront industry blogger on Instagram. She's also a consultant, a trainer, speaker, an awesome mom. And um, I met her, and when she has a day job as a director of marketing for, for a company whose name escapes me, but I'm sure she can share that um, if she wants to. <laughs> but, uh, and then I like to share how I know the guests because most guests I have on, I, I, I have them on because I have some connection with them. I met her at a round table at Social Media Marketing World uh, a few years ago and uh, where I told her that one of the first things I said to her was that I did social for Harbor House restaurant and Pure Cafe, and I think I just said Harbor House, and she said, "Oh, I'm going to do a case study on on Harbor House," and I was like, "Oh, cool, sweet, cool. you know." And then she ended up doing it on Pure Cafe, which was was super awesome. And she doesn't normally interview the people that she um, she does case studies on, um, but because we had met, she she um, got the chance to ask me some questions, which was just super cool. As those of us who do it alone, right, we know that it's really you don't get much feedback from your clients and you're just kind of going it like, fig, you know, figure that things are cool. And so when you get feedback from other people in the industry who uh, tell you that you're doing a good job, it's super awesome. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is so, I got Cleaver on like number one. Like, this is so cool. We get to look back on this and stuff like down the road and be like, remember we did that first podcast? <laughs> totally. That's awesome. History. And my second guest, our second guest here today is Kari Embry, and she's super smarty pants. That was the first thing I noticed about her when I met her. She's a generalist, so she does everything well, but she really does have a special skill, I think, um, at customer service in handling reputation management via social. And I learned that skill when she was on a panel at Social Media Marketing World a couple of years ago, and um, she and the others on that panel really helped me to do my job better in terms of that reputation management that I'm doing for my clients, hugging my haters and whatnot. Um, and so, and building communities. She's a, she's, you know, community manager, I think is, is a, something that she would call herself that she's been over the years for brands such as Chiquita Banana, Haas Avocados, Sherry's Berries, Green Flash Beer, and uh, currently has her own consulting business where she's working uh, with, with a few companies, including Jay Bear's Convincing Convert. She's writing for them. So that's a pretty awesome thing. I met Carrie at Social Media Club in San Diego, which is now not really happening anymore, which makes me sad, but that's a story for another time. But I knew right away that we would get along. I was working on my master's at the time and um, was talking to her about some ideas that I had for my thesis that I thought might involve social media and sort of like the psychology behind it and how people are interacting with each other, communicating with each other online in a different way um, than they would outside of that. And she and I immediately knew that we'd probably have a lot to talk about um, on that front. So welcome, Kari. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much. It's great to be on Making a Marketer for the first time. Yay! Awesome. And then Kylene, Kaylin, I met at Social Media Marketing World. Um, I would say that she too is a, is a generalist. She, she does everything um, and works full-time as a communications and social media manager for the Newland Real Estate Group. 
but she's also a consultant and um, she has a couple of small businesses that she works with and um, she does a great job with that as well um, as a little side hustle. And I met her, um, I, as I said, at Social Media Marketing World, we had a lot of friends in common, we, we realized. And, and it's funny because this year, I think we talked at, at the conference, like, how do, how do we meet? I, I couldn't even remember because I felt like I'd known her for so long. Um, so yeah, it was, I think, in 14 at Social Media Marketing World. Welcome, Kylie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I, it's true. It's just the San Diego group. We were like, wait, we don't know each other yet. And I feel like I've known you for so long. So excited to be here. And all the guests know each other. So um, yeah, this is a, this is a really fun show. A lot of, there's a lot of smarts here in one, in one little zoom room. So I'm super pumped about that. So I, uh, have a bunch of questions, but with Jen and Elizabeth, you know, I want everyone to sort of interact and dive in and we kind of go around the horn and have everybody kind of answer. And, um, but if someone else says something that, you know, triggers something that you want to say, of course, please chime in. Um, the more the merrier. So I would like to first just go around and, and, um, ask each of our guests how you got your, your start working in marketing and social media in particular. So we'll start with Jen Herman. All right, cool. Um, so I kind of have like the world's crazy background where I feel like I've done 38 different jobs. Um, so I have a background in the kind of retail hospitality, that sort of thing. I got into outside sales, which sales and marketing are hand in hand. I don't care. You know, people, the sales people will say it's not marketing, but let's face it, sales and marketing are pretty much the exact same thing. Um, so I had that background and then the company that I work at now, when I actually started working for them, um, I worked in human resources and I also have done like administration and, and other aspects of, of corporate life and business world. So I really have this kind of broad spectrum of how, when you do one thing, it impacts multiple, you know, departments and multiple levels of an organization. And, um, so as I moved up within my company, I actually got moved into a marketing type position with the company I'm at now. And it was through doing that and overcoming challenges and going through a bunch of things uh, that I was, I got into social media and I was like, I really love this. And I just became super passionate about it. Um, and during that process found Instagram and no one was blogging about Instagram and I had a blog. So I kind of was like, Hey, I'll just blog about it as we go. And so it's been a very natural progression for me. It's not like all of a sudden one day I just like, yeah, I didn't do a degree in marketing. Um, I actually am all science background. I don't have any formal or, you know, type education in that way in marketing. I just really did it all hitting the ground running. Kari, to go next. How'd you get your, your start? Kind of how'd you, how'd you evolve into marketing and social media? So my background is also kind of like Jen's. I have a computer science degree and worked as a programmer for a number of years and was working at Real Age, which is Dr. Oz's health and fitness website as their, their CMS admin. And about 2009, this thing called Twitter came on and I was like, ooh, what's this? Because I was always interested in the technology side, but I always liked that there's a human side when I started seeing social media come on and I said, I want to be a part of that. So... I sort of volunteered to be the Twitter social media person for, for real age and just fell in love with it and building the communities and talking to our actual uh, audience, being really supportive of people was just a beautiful combination of, of human and technology. And I just never left it since then. And she's an awesome writer. She's a word nerd like me. Grammar, grammar queen. Uh, <laughs> T. Mossberg, T. Mossberg, comma. That's right. 
Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's giving thumbs up. <laughs> oh, Miss Kyleen, what about you? I was in retail before I got started in marketing. I worked at Nordstrom, so customer service, reputation management, right up my alley. And um, quite a long time ago, in 2003, one of my former employees at Nordstrom hired me at Newland Communities for a community here in San Diego called 4S Ranch. And since 2003, I've been with a company in a variety of positions. One of my forays into this whole social media thing was actually before social media. We had private community networks for our residents. This was like in 2004, 2005. I was explaining what these intranets were to our residents. They thought that meant they got free internet, but I was getting them from a physical community where they lived into an online network. And that's where they had groups and classifieds and message boards and news and HOA docs and all that stuff. So I helped run that here in San Diego. And then I helped the team run them across the country. And then from there, it kind of just snowballed. And I came into the corporate office and I help with social media across the country now in 25 active selling communities. That is so awesome. I love that. Yeah, I know. I never heard that story before. Oh, you did it? See, the things we learn. Yes. I feel like we're just very much in the moment when I'm with you and we're very much like talking about whatever's going on like right then. And right. I think that happens a lot within these environments, right? And within social and ad events, you're, you're just kind of it, what's immediate. So it's always nice to dig a little deeper and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Of course, I see your cute pictures of you and your, you know, your family and everything online, but um, very cool. Okay. So I'm going to start with, in terms of the reputation management, uh, end of things. Instagram is not your typical reputation management platform. However, um, I experienced funny because bef I decided on this topic before this happened the other day, but I had a situation where, um, so I do social for three restaurants in Seaport Village and um, one of them had uh, uh, somebody commented on a a video a little video that I posted and said I'll be coming your way in a week and I said awesome I'll be I'll, I'll be sure to look for your posts you know make sure you tag us um, and then Monday I opened the account and there were four like she didn't complete a, a, a thought she kept hitting enter so there were four comments on what a terrible experience she had and um, and then I looked and she had also sent me a private message and the private message said bad experience and had two like you know bad face emojis and, um, and then of course I went to Facebook and she had posted a review. No, no. Her friend that was with her had posted a review on Yelp and I could tell by what she had said that it was the same sort of group. So what I did was I responded via the private message and then I deleted those four comments, but cause it wasn't on her picture it was on ours. And it was just kind of non sequitur. I don't know. It just seemed like strange. And so I would like to have a conversation about, whether you think I should have done that or not, Miss Jen Herman. Um, but also, I just wanted to start in terms of that with Instagram, since we have you on the show, and um, kind of like you know what you what you suggest for dealing with unhappy customers on Instagram. Which, like I said, I don't think it's all that common. I think they go to other places, but you never know where it's going to come from. So, what are your thoughts? And I agree. I think in general, it's not necessarily like the first place you would think to go, but I think we'll see more of it. Like, yes, if people really want to complain, they're going to go to Yelp. Um, they might go to Facebook or whatever. 
but as Instagram gains popularity and the fact that most people, if you look at in general, that younger demographic, if they're hanging out at a restaurant or they're at a venue or they're doing something, they're on Instagram and they're going to talk about it. Even if it's their own post, they may not go and comment on your post or make something that you're aware of, but they'll post something and say, this was the worst, you know, fried chicken I've ever had in my entire life. How can they call this like a real, you know, meal? Like they could go crazy on their own post and you may never know about it. So it's not, I think that it's not happening on Instagram. It's just happening. It's not like a Yelp where you go and you know, because they're making a comment on your Yelp reviews um, or like on Facebook or something where they're, they're posting more specifically. So I think you have to be more, you know, cautious about it. I think you have to be really good about checking your geotags um, and checking hashtags because people will use those. They'll go and like check in at your restaurant or your retail space or your physical location or your venue and then talk trash about you. <laughs> so if you're checking those geotags and making sure you're seeing the content that's posted, then you can better respond and handle those things, which I'm sure we're going to talk about all of those ideas. Um, but I definitely think you have to use Instagram as as any sort of customer service management tool, just like really any social media. And if, if you have that kind of business that pulls in an Instagram audience, you have to be very, very aware of what's going on. For sure. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I, I should probably do a better job of, of listening. Of course I search on the hashtag. First thing I do whenever I go in is search on our hashtag and on um, really the Seaport Village hashtag. It's used more than anything because mm-hmm. the, it, it's, just which just what comes up more in terms of geotagging. So I always look for the geotag and the hashtag for those. And I always find posts uh, at the different restaurants um, and that kind of thing. But typically if they're posting, it's because they're happy because they had a good experience or they're enjoying their time in that space. And so they're, they're um, I think like, I think that's part of the reason why Facebook reviews tend to skew better um, also because people typically are posting a picture or checking in. They don't realize they're checking in, but you know, when they geotag the place and they post a picture, it's a check-in yeah. for us. So we get, I get a notification on everyone and I try to reply to every single one. Um, and then thankfully Facebook now then sends them a message a day or two later or a notification that says, Hey, you were just at this place. Do you want to write a review? So not always the case, but I think the majority of people had it, had a good experience and that's why they posted and that's you know those and most of the time if they're going to post that photo it's because they are like especially like some of the restaurants like that you work with have amazing waterfront views so they're going to post a photo and they're going to be like oh my gosh look at this view or you know look at this really cool martini or look at this awesome meal like most of the time if they're posting it on facebook or instagram they're probably gloating about it trying to make their life look insta awesome Yes. So they're not likely to complain, but they could turn and be like, well, the view is awesome, but the food sucks. So you could still get some sort of a complaint, even though they're posting something positive. Um, but yeah, I agree. Most of the time, if people are going to complain, they're going to go to Yelp, which is why you have to be a little bit cautious when you read Yelp reviews, because most of the things on Yelp are the negatives. The positives are what you get on all the other platforms. Right. For sure. Hey, hey Elizabeth, do you, are you guys uh, using... Instagram for customer service at your annual conference? Yeah, our social team actually put a lot of focus into doing Instagram Live and Facebook Live. Um, And then we've got, I would say from a customer service angle, we're still using Twitter 
more just because that's where people are going to be asking questions or giving us feedback. But I've actually approached it in like trying to give our attendees a lot of different angles to give us feedback so that they're less likely to go to social media. And I think that's actually working. Cool. Jen, are you, are you, uh, have you been dealing with Instagram or any of the other, um, platforms for customer service in terms of complaints and stuff? Jen Cole, sorry. <laughs> I need to specify. I forget. Jen Cole. Actually, uh, yeah, um, there was an event that I was um, affiliated with uh, a couple months ago in Wichita, and you know, it was not, it was not very well planned. I um, and you know, the the things that were getting posted about the event were were like the extremely long unmanaged line going into the event, the extremely crowded, like there's no space in between people, um, you know at the event for the different tents. It was, a, I'm, I'm not going to say what it was um, because I had a good time there, you know, and um, gosh, but the thing, the um, kind of tragic thing that happened was, uh, you know, these things were getting posted and the event has its own Instagram account and they weren't going in and addressing any of this stuff. They weren't like saying, we're sorry, we're working on it. We're going to make it so much better next year. Just bear with us. They weren't like going in or addressing any of that stuff. And it was just, it was really painful to watch that because I think that people would be more apt to try it again next year if they would have taken the time to answer that and say, we're sorry, this is stuff. We really value your feedback. We're going to try really hard to find a bigger space next year. We're going to manage our lines better next year. Like actually acknowledge the fact that they heard what people were saying and they're going to take it into account and make next year's event much better. So yeah, absolutely. I, I have seen it and it was painful. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. I, I think that, um, I would think that people doing events wouldn't lose sight of this, but what goes out during your event is marketing for your, for your next one. And mm -hmm. that um, everybody doesn't have a better handle on that quite yet is, uh, is kind of a bummer. Some, obviously some events do it better than others. Social media marketing world being one of them. Um, IMEX, um, IMEX America, they do an excellent job um, in Vegas uh, each fall, that kind of thing. So what about, um, Kari, when you were, I guess with any of the brands that you were, you were working with, um, what, what have you dealt with in terms of Instagram and reputation management, customer service kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, Instagram for any location-based place, like, I mean, we, we had a brewery, we have the tasting room, so, and, and our beers were available across the world, you know, I mean, we were in the top 50 biggest breweries in the country, so it's really a priority to monitor for your brand and your hashtag and, and your Instagram location. Um, so it's kind of the two-part fold, right? You need to, first of all, prioritize monitoring in a lot of different ways. And then the second part is now respond because people are out there and they're finding uh, things that could be wrong with a beer or that could be like one of the things I found a lot was people would post that they found a really old, outdated beer in a particular liquor store. And it would give us a chance to remedy that. We could actually reach out and say, hey, you know, that's past its expiration date. Let's Let's yank that. We don't want people to have a bad experience with the beer. So Instagram was really powerful for that. And then Kylene, are, are your um, people in your communities? Are they like are they they're, are they geotagging your development? Or they do. Yeah, they geotag, but generally, like Jen was saying, it's 
they're sharing what they like about living there. It's pretty rare that we get negative comments on Instagram. We actually get the majority of ours through Facebook reviews. Okay. And then since we're, we're chatting, or since I have you, uh, in terms of Yelp, are you dealing with Yelp at all? No, we don't, we don't have Yelp pages for our communities. We do have it for some of the communities that have restaurants that we manage or control. Um, but we also have a third party that runs the restaurant, so that's in their hands, and we just encourage them to make sure it's set up correctly and that they're monitoring it and responding. Gotcha. Cool. And how many communities does Newland have? Like, you're overseeing for, for all of the communities, right? Yeah, we have 25 in 14 states across the country. That's pretty amazing. And you're also going around and doing training, right, with, yeah. with the people who are boots on the ground in those cities? Yes, we have marketing teams across the country that are responsible for their community. So they handle social media in different ways. But even if they have an agency that's doing their social media for them, they're still monitoring. I help monitor and I point out comments that might have gone unseen and make sure we reply right away. Gotcha. So I have a question of what's your number one tip for responding to negative reviews, but you guys don't get any, do you? No, we get negative reviews. Um, we tend to get them on Facebook, and I feel like that hurts a little bit more because it's there, and it's, you know, if it's a one-star review because they're unhappy, and it's not always that they're unhappy with us. There's, you know, it might be a builder issue because of the home builder. We don't actually build homes. We build communities. Um, it could be an HOA issue. That happens a lot. So sometimes we're trying our best to direct them to who they need to actually talk to to get it resolved but I always like to respond I don't delete ever that's one of our policies we don't delete we respond and even if we don't have the answer right away it's just letting them know that they're heard hey we'll get back to you as soon as we can we're looking into this and I often offer to take the conversation offline so a DM in whatever platform works great if it's a public comment and they're just going back and forth we'll often put our email and our direct line and put it out there hey let's talk about this and you put it there, they don't always call or contact you at all. Um, but that helps kind of simmer the situation sometimes. Right. Yeah. I'll go to DM and I'll, I'll say, can we have, can I have your email address to pass it on to the manager? He'd like to speak with you further. And then that puts it in their hands versus giving them or puts it, you know, like if they give it to us, then, then we can go from there. But if we just put ours out, I feel like it's, they're less likely to contact us. So there's less of an opportunity to make it right. Mm -hmm. um, like, and, and exactly what you said, like a lot of the negatives, I, I'll get feedback a lot um, that they're just like this one woman. She said, you know, I feel better already. Just the fact that you responded mm -hmm. to me yeah. and so it is that. And I was having a conversation with one of the managers today about people do, they just want to be acknowledged. They want to be heard. Um, and I find that, I think there was a time when people were looking for something for free, but I, I don't really believe that these people, most of them are, are truly just, they're just frustrated mm -hmm. and, and be honest restaurants. They may have had a few cocktails when they write some of these reviews and some of them think of it, you know, I've had a few that have been gotten taken down um, by them after like, and I know they probably rethought that. <laughs> um, that's something that you probably don't encounter quite the same in a, you know, development community like we would in well, restaurants. I've had a handful that have come in like Saturday night at midnight 
and there's a lot of typos and they seem very unhappy and you're not quite sure where they're coming from. Um, that's kind of a different case. Those, those sometimes go away on their own. Definitely. So, Hey, Kari, um, in terms of your number one tip when responding to negative reviews, what's your, what would that be for you? I definitely agree with that people are complaining because they want to get heard. And I think that most of the time I would say it is a valid complaint. And so it should be taken seriously. And, and if it's a complaint just to get attention, that's okay too. I mean, at least they're talking to you and they're trying to establish some sort of connection. So it should still be taken seriously as well. Uh, the, The biggest thing about social media is that a lot of companies hire people to do their social media that are great writers, that are very organized, very multitasking. They can take great, you know, photographs. They can live tweet. But you have to also hire for the customer service aspect. And that's really important that you have a sense of empathy for customers because we've all had bad experiences. We've all had those times when we were generally frustrated and we've vented to our friends or, or online. And being told that you, you've been heard is the is the first step towards resolution. And and it's just a way to actually genuinely build community with your audience because you're like, we're here. We understand. We're not perfect as a business. We're, we want to hear you. We're watching for you. We're here to help. And that's a huge, huge reassurance to your audience. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I would say that in Jed Cole, you might be able to speak to this too, that I think it's helpful to have an outside party doing it for you who they need to understand your business and what, where your customers are coming from. But people within the restaurant, for example, are so close to, to the situation that they, they can sometimes have a hard time removing themselves and being empathetic. They're, they're, they're quick to defend their team, which I respect in some ways, but um, having someone else like myself or like Jen or, you know, any of y'all uh, as consultants um, responding as a, as somebody who can more easily hug our haters, um, I think is, is really useful. Jen Cole, would you, what would you say about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just speaking with somebody today about how having the outside view really um, helps them as the entity think outside of the box. Um, coming in with a different, like an outsider, a consumer perspective, mm-hmm. even as the, even as the marketer um, coming in with an outsider perspective just really helps them because I'm still, you know, I'm still taking pictures of my cocktails. I'm still taking pictures of my food in a different light that then they probably ever even think about simply because to them it's work, it's their job, it's their office. And so it's completely different to a marketer, to a consumer um, than it would ever be to the person actually working. Right. Well, and I think as social evolves, so does how we, respond, right? Like I think over the years, we've kind of taken different approaches to how we, um, how we deal with them. Like I used to just respond, um, privately and now I respond privately and publicly and you still get someone who will say, Oh, look at you only responding on private when it's negative, you know? So it depends. Cause like, like you don't want to get into a pissing match, right. In, in public. So it depends on what it is and how they've worded it. Sometimes I'll do only public, even on a negative. Um, But you're also trying to be genuine too and right, like not just saying on everyone, 
we appreciate your feedback. It helps us to, you know, improve and that sort of thing, which is genuinely true. But you see that over and over again, it, it looks, it tends to start looking a little disingenuous. Um, so I actually have a really good example of that, yeah. Megan. Please. So when I worked on Sherry's Berries, there was a really bad winter where there was these terrible storms and everything, it was over Valentine's Day and everything just was running late and everything was frozen and we just just got dumped on on social media. I mean, every, we ruined everybody's Valentine's Day. It was end of the world. We ruined relationships. Marriages were over. Babies were dying. It was horrible. But we had such an amazing community already at that point. Like I had worked really hard to build up the positive bank of, of, our, of our audience. So when stuff happens that are, is out of your control and people start coming on to complain, and of course you want to address them and you don't want it to be so rote that it looks like a machine is just auto-replying because that's ridiculous and it's very phony and people feel it and it doesn't add to the situation. But when people work on frozen and we were dealing with replacements and refunds as quickly as we could we had the most amazing turnout of support from our audience because they had already known that we were there to take care of them in the past and so people were coming to our defense and it was like having worked that most horrendous week of my life during you know like 130 hours and 10 days it was you know on the verge of breakdown but having people that come out of the woodwork and go, you know what, give them a break. You know, they're doing the best they can. They're not perfect. You know, the storms are out of their control. And that's why you want to be monitoring and addressing these issues along the way so that you build up that trust and you build up that faith in your, in your customer base, because there are going to be times when you need them and they will defend you because you've taken such good care of them in a very genuine way. And it was sometimes some of the comments that people would say to support us just help me get through that period of time. It was amazing. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I remember that. And then you have a really, actually, since you're, I wanted the story of the comedian. You had like a really good comeback to, to a comedian. Can you tell that story? Oh my gosh. That was at Sherry's Berries. It was, I would actually, yeah. So the, there was a comedian, Bill Burr, who was one of our sponsors or we, we, sponsored an ad on his podcast and he had just come back from a trip and he was reading our ad script and he was very jet lagged and a little giddy and went really off script, like really inappropriately off script, um, making jokes about Sherry's berries, um, dipping things in chocolate, kind of inappropriate. <laughs> um, and we knew that that was an opportunity to, take advantage of and turn what could be potentially a very negative situation into a positive. And so we worked with like the social media team just jumped on it, worked with the executive team and turned around and said, you know what, you would normally get a discount on Bill Burr's show with this particular code. But you know, after this experience, we're going to give you an extra discount if you use Burberries as, as the discount code. So we ended up kind of ramping on the, uh, the Burberries, bandwagon and we actually even got uh, tweeted at by Patton Oswald because he was just like you guys rocked it you like you just you took a bad situation and rolled with it and didn't get defensive um, you just went with it and had a great time and it really had a positive impact so that was a fun turnaround for a negative experience that's so awesome I love that I love that story that was so great yeah and Kari ended up being the hero of that which is which is pretty cool um 
So Jen Herman, what, what do you, uh, how can you tell the difference, do you think, between a complainer and uh, someone who wants something for free and someone who, who really cares and genuinely just wants to be heard? What do you, what do you think? I mean, a lot of it comes to do with, you know, how they approach when they just come out guns blazing and it's like they're complaining about everything under the sun. They're looking for something for free. They're, they're more like, you know, they're, they went in there with a mission to get a free meal. Like, I mean, I've worked in the restaurant world. So, you know, those people, when they walk in the door and they're already complaining and then miraculously a long black hair shows up in their pasta dish and you're like, Really? Because all of our cooks are short blonde hair. Like, where did a long black hair come from? Oh, you with your ponytail. But all of a sudden, <laughs> they want, like, a free meal, right? Like, yeah. these things happen in the real world, and they happen on social media, too. And you can kind of see that in the way they're, like, attacking you. Whereas somebody who wants to be heard, usually, like, they may still come off and seem aggressive, or but they have, like, a very clear message for you and they're like look I was really unhappy and they may list five things but they're very honest about it and those are the people who when you reach out and we're like oh my gosh I am so sorry like we totally understand and unfortunately this and and you know it was a bad circumstance but we want to bring you back and we want you to you know have a great experience they'll respond and be like oh cool thanks like they they will be the ones who are almost like empathetic in response to your apology like if they just wanted to be heard and they really care, then they're going to be grateful for your apology and your outreach to them versus somebody who just wants to get free stuff or just wants to be a troll are not going to let it go. They're going to be like, well, while we're at it, my cousin was in there last week and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, really, dude? Like, come on. Like, you're, you're just pushing it at this point. So you kind of have to, like, feel it out, give them that chance to, to respond almost and kind of see how they handle it. Um, but you know, to what, you know, Kari and Kylie were saying, it's just having that empathy. It's listening to them. It's really like, if you do that, they're going to, you know, play in response to you. Um, and that makes it a lot easier to respond. Yeah, I've done that. Let us know if, let us know what we can do to make it up to you. And uh, most of the time I don't even hear back on that, but sometimes I do. And they, and they'll yeah. say like, whatever you think is fair. And so then it's like, okay, so now we, it's an opportunity for the manager to decide, do we give them a gift certificate? You know, what do we kind of handle? We handle, how do we handle that? Hey, Elizabeth, are, um, when you were doing social for events and, and working with, uh, with Sam's company and that kind of thing, did you ever deal with, um, like on site real time negativity that you were, um, having to respond to on site? I think that uh, what I was thinking about um, specific to this was in an association environment, I really like what you guys are saying about sometimes having an outside perspective on this is better because I think both from a, you know, a restaurant example or, you know, in an association, if somebody is saying something negative about you on, on Twitter, I think we do tend to take it personally, especially if they're saying something that is directly related to something that you have produced or you've provided for them. And so, um, I was thinking, you know, in, in our scenario, it's, you know, if we get a complaint from a member of the association, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of just get into that defensive mode, like, uh, why, you know, why are they being like this? Why are they being haters, right? And that really, I think it's just about understanding, because I've been, you know, certainly I've been, I've been the hater on social media, I'll admit to it. <laughs> and so, you know, I completely, I think everything you guys are saying is, has been great. Awesome. 
So uh, the next kind of thing I wanted to chat about really, and I, I mentioned it uh, in, in passing earlier, suggestions for working with business owners to attend to those negative reviews. Like how do you, um, if you have a, a, a manager that's resistant, like Kylene, let's say it's someone who manages one of your communities um, and, and it's something that's, it's directed at the work that his team has done, say, or her team. Um, how do you, how do you attend to that? I just as, as a lead in kind of why I'm asking is because I, I have uh, one uh, manager uh, in particular who is, she's awesome. And she, she likes to look at the brighter side and be positive. But I think in some ways she's um, losing sight of the big picture in the fact that, you know, yeah, people, it was busy. Yes. You, you know, you had a lot of people in that day. However, if you look at the, the totality of, of all of the comments that were made within a short period of time, which may have been a certain person, you kind of have to look at that. And I, and I, I treaded really lightly because I could tell um, how, how um, sensitive it was. Have you, been, have you dealt with any of that? Yes, absolutely. I, I just dealt with something last week. And I think what everyone else has, has said, the beauty in, in me being in this position at the corporate office is that I can reach out to the teams and I can, I had a situation with a, a resident a few weeks ago and I jumped in from San Diego, even though I really had nothing to do with it. I had to talk to my team every day to figure out what was actually happening. But this person was excited because they were hearing from someone from the corporate office. And I was able to take that heat off of my team that's out in the field that, you know, they are the face of the community. I'm literally across the country. This was in North Carolina. Um, but it's easy to get your ego bruised and you have a sense of ownership for your company and, and the work that you do. And it's, I definitely understand when you feel like you're being attacked and you just have to take a deep breath and be calm. And that's why I like to bounce it off my peers, people like all of you guys, um, but also my team and we share and have discussions and, okay, how are we going to handle this? And we get legal involved when we need to. But I think just um, responding to every comment, that's something that my team, not all of them have wanted to do. They, they want to just let it go and let it be, but it, it can snowball really quickly. And I think if you're responding and you're empathetic and, like I said, me being removed from the situation, I can go in with an open mind. And even though I've heard from my team what's happening, I, I do my best to get the perspective from the person on the other end. And that's something that I learned from Kari. And I remember that every time I have one of these situations, that's a person on the other end. It's not just a mean commenter, no matter how nasty they're being. That is a person who wants to be heard. And luckily, we have a lot of situations too where we have a team of residents um, and they'll jump in and they'll answer on Facebook and respond to nasty comments. And sometimes they take care of the situation without us having to step in, which that third party endorsement is fantastic. Absolutely. For sure. Awesome. Well, I'm going to uh, kind of move on to regular or sort of re what I hope to be our regular questions that we ask, ask all of our guests and um, so I, I want to see if everyone, and I didn't prepare you for this, so um, except I, Elizabeth and, and Jen uh, saw this, so I'll let them go first. Uh, what's the latest app or program that you're really excited about? So we'll start with Jen Cole. Well, um, I'm really, really excited about trying the Clips app. 
it's something that I downloaded a long time ago, but I haven't actually started playing with, but I'm starting to do like this uh, vlog every day in August challenge. And so I'm challenging myself through that to learn how to edit video. Like I do a lot of live broadcasts, um, but I'm, I really want to do recorded video content and like, I want to learn how to chop it up and edit it together and make it um, more fun to watch for everybody instead of just a live audience. So that is something that I'm trying to learn and really excited about. Awesome. Elizabeth, what about you? So I attended a conference a couple of weeks ago on uh, data analytics for events, and I met um, a super cool woman named Tamar Beck, and her company is called Glean In. So it's like G-L-E-A-N-I-N. -N. So like Lean In, except with a G in the beginning. And it's kind of a, a plugin that you would use in your registration systems for events that helps your attendees recommend your event on social media, uh, makes it super easy to do that, and then it gives the organizers some really great data on um, you know, who did it and, and all that kind of thing. So the idea being that you want more of the right audience at your events, um, in addition to obviously just more people at your events, but more of the right people, and so having attendees, you know, refer people that they think would enjoy the event um, will help you do that. And so I was really impressed with, uh, with what they're doing over there at Glean In. Awesome. Check it out. Very cool. Yeah, it, on that, I, uh, I'm attending the podcast movement conference uh, in a few weeks in Anaheim. I've never been, I was writing a blog post on, and I, on, on podcasting and I, and I just, in my head, the article was going to be on the podcast movement. I didn't know there was an actual thing, like that there was a conference that existed. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Hopefully it'll help me uh, do this show better and all that kind of good stuff. But I had two apps, two photo editing apps that were introduced to me this week by one of my, my customers, one of the managers of my, um, the restaurants that I uh, work with. He's a photographer. And one is called After Focus. And there's each, I think they were $1.99 a piece. Um, and the other one is retouch. So after focus is super cool because if you have something that you want to be super focused, you just with your finger, you, you just like, it's like coloring in and then it, and then it brings it, makes it more vibrant in the background, more, more uh, blurry or dull. It, it was super cool. And then retouch, which is kind of like the, the retouch thing that you can do in Photoshop where if someone has a blemish, you can touch it or like the picture that I gave Corey, which had a danger sign behind me <laughs> for, for the blog post. I, I thought I should probably, you could only see the DAN, but you knew what it was. So I, I, um, I edited out the, the, in, you know, you can see there was a yellow sign. Anyway, those are two super app, cool apps that I think I'm going to be using all the time and uh, pictures that I'm posting. What about you, Jen Herman? So one of my favorites is actually, it's more web-based, um, but it's called Pexels, P-E-X-E-L, like pixel, but with an E. And it is a source for free stock photography um, that is royalty-free. So you don't have to worry about the whole copyright things and any of that. But it's like really good photos. Like there's like Instagram-worthy photos. So it's great for blog posts. It's great for marketing. It's great for Instagram. If you need to use a stock photo on Instagram, which I do not recommend, but just saying. Um, <laughs> so pexels.com. Um, I love it. I use it all the time. A lot of my blog post images uh, come from there because it's just so, it's, there isn't always a ton um, depending on how narrow your search is, but the photos are always amazing. It's always being updated. So that's my favorite. 
Awesome. And then I'm guessing they have like an upgrade, right? Where you can get more, you can pay to get more like Canva does? They or? actually don't, but they, um, I think they partner with like Shutterstock. So if they don't have it, they show you all the Shutterstock um, options that come up with the same search. So if Pexels, you know, the, you, let's say you got 12 results, or you got 100 results, whatever it is, at the bottom, let's say didn't see what you want, go over to Shutterstock where obviously you can pay for it. So I think they somehow got a, a sponsorship or whatever through them. Cool. Harry, what about you? No, actually, uh, something that I've been really digging, uh, there's a, a web-based tool called TAC, T-A-C-K, and their website is foundontac.com. And it's a way, specifically for Instagram, it lets you set up hashtags and the locations um, for your property. And what you can do is you can then see all of the Instagram photos that people are sharing with those hashtags or on that geotag, and it lets you request um, photo permission from them. So you go the whole legal route about asking for photo permission to share on your accounts and give them credit and you can monitor comments. And I'm, I'm really huge about asking. You should always ask for permission for Instagram photos. You know, you don't just because a public account is public doesn't mean you can just take somebody's great shot and use it for your own marketing purposes. So I love that TAC um, has a whole system in place for legally requesting permission and then building a media library around the ones that you've gotten permission from. It's pretty awesome. And it's a month to month base. So you can use it for two months if you're running a campaign or you can do a yearly, but if you have a location based property, um, it's a fantastic tool for user generated content. Very cool. Okay. And last but not least, Kyleen. The one that we're really excited about, we're just signing up for Canva for work. And we've used Canva for a couple years, but to have the template ability, and I have a graphic designer here, so she's designing templates that then our communities can just replace the photo, but keep all the copy or the font style, all their brand assets. It's much cooler than I, I thought it was when I first heard about it. So we're rolling that out now. Awesome. Very good. Okay, so I wanted to mention our sponsors of Convergent AV Radio, Polycom, Zoom, and Tier PM. And uh, because of Convergent AV Radio, we're able to do this podcast, which um, is going to be super awesome moving forward. So excited that you all were on our fur very first show, our inaugural show. So the AV Life uh, was on a break this week, but please tune in next week for a great new show. And then we'll be with you again on Making a Marketer the first week in September. I want to thank all my guests, all our guests, Jen, Kari, and Kayleen. So I want to, I'm going to go around and um, you guys let us know how our listeners can find you. So we'll start with Jen Herman. What's the best way for our listeners to track you down? I'm everywhere at Jen's underscore trends pretty much. So uh, Instagram and Twitter, it's always Jen with two N's. Um, I, as Jen knows, the girl with the one N, we were all very definitive about how we spell our names. So you can find me pretty much there anywhere at Jen's Trends. Uh, my blog is jenstrends.com and you can find out tons of information. Read all my blog posts about Instagram and social media there. So if you just look for Jen's Trends, you'll find me. Awesome. And Kyleen? I am Kyleen Kalen everywhere. It's K-Y-L-E-N-E-K-A-E-L-I-N. Alliterative and pretty. Yes. Miss Kari, what about you? <laughs> I'm mostly everywhere as Kari likes Safari. So K A R I L I K E Safari. Kari likes Safari. It's my uh, mnemonic. 
fabulous. It's it, we were talking about that earlier. It's perfect. You and Mari are that's like the the easiest way for people to remember. It's 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 Mari like Ferrari and Kari like Safari. <laughs> right. So awesome. I love it. All right. And uh, also thank you to my co-hosts. It was lovely to start a show with the two of you. And I look forward to many, many more. Jen Cole, how can people find you? What's the best the best handle to track you down at? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jen Cole ICT. That's J-E-N-C-O-L-E-I-C-T. And the ICT is the airport code for Wichita, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> it took me a while to figure that out. I was like, oh. I think I might have been actually booking my ticket to go there when I, when I figured it out. Oh, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> and Elizabeth. I've learned so much on this podcast, including the Wichita Airport. Code. That's awesome. So I am Elizabeth Glau everywhere because it's an uncommon enough name, although apparently there is more than one of me, um, oddly enough. And so it's Elizabeth G-L-A-U, and that's pretty much my handle everywhere. Connect with me there. Awesome. And I am Megan Powers, at Megan Powers. I did get my own name. There are a million Megan Powers out there. Um, I thought it was unique, but I'm totally not. But it's okay, because I got it in 2009. Uh, and so that, that's my handle on Twitter. It's not the same on Instagram, so I just say, just go to, just go to the Twitter. So we're happy to have had you all uh, listen to our very first show. And thanks again to my guests and hosts with the most, and we will catch you next time. Thank you.